WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. Michigan civil rights law has officially been expanded to include the LGBTQ plus community. Governor Gretchen Whitmer signed the expansion of the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act this week. This bipartisan law reaffirms and expands legal protections for sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression. In other words, it ensures that no one can be fired from their job or evicted from their home because who they are or who they love. In her speech, the governor pitched Michigan as a place for young people to come to live and work and feel protected. The vote to expand the law was bipartisan in both the House and Senate. The Michigan Supreme Court last year ruled the LGBTQ community was protected under the law, and the expansion means that ruling cannot be overturned. Berrien County Undersheriff Chuck Hyde is officially running for sheriff. He's seeking to succeed Sheriff Paul Bailey, who will retire at the end of this year before the end of his term next year. Hyde is also seeking to be named interim sheriff when Bailey's retirement takes effect and has served 21 years as undersheriff. Bailey says that Hyde is, quote, by far the most qualified person to serve as a sheriff for Berrien County and is a man of strong faith and integrity. The undersheriff graduated in 1987 from New Buffalo High School and graduated in 1982 from Kalamazoo Valley Community College's Police Academy. He's worked for the Buchanan Police Department, Berrien County Sheriff's Department, and was the New Buffalo Police Chief from 1999 until 2002 when he became the undersheriff for the county. Hyde also graduated in 2011 from the FBI National Academy. Berrien County has completed the purchase of land in Niles Township next to Madeline Bertrand County Park, expanding the 121-acre park by 32 acres. Berrien County Parks Director Jill Adams tells us the purchase from the Hellman Simpson family has been in the works for several years. The county received a $300,000 estate grant to go toward the $425,000 purchase. Adams told us more. Madeline Bertrand is right along the St. Joseph River, and this property will expand that river view north of the property. And there's a beautiful bluff leading down to the St. Joseph River. Then at the north end of the property, there is a creek that runs down. There's a ravine there with a creek, and there's prairie area. There's some forest. The Hellman Simpson family acquired the property in 1937, naming it Possum Polk. The family sold it to the county for less than its value, donating $275,000 in land value to the county. David Hellman says his grandfather, quote, instilled in us all a deep appreciation for nature and the beauty of the outdoors. Adams says the sellers were patient because they have fond childhood memories of running around the property and want it to be preserved. Plans for the land could include an expanded disc golf course, hiking and skiing trails, and St. Joseph River access. How is Lake Michigan being affected by climate change? That was the subject of a presentation by the League of Women Voters of Berrien and Cass Counties this week in St. Joseph. League of Women Voters Lake Michigan Region President Elizabeth Guscott Muller told us severe weather has been more frequent around the world and we've seen it here. I think folks have noticed that erratic weather and the frequency of the violent weather storms that have come through seems to be an impact of climate change. Then that impacts Lake Michigan and of course we talked today about some of the impacts of that high and turbulent wave action on the coastal areas of Lake Michigan. Muller said that's led to coastal erosion and property owners having to take steps to prevent the loss of their land. She says communities like South Haven are also having to take steps to prepare for things like flooding, noting the wastewater treatment plant there has had spills of partially treated water in 2017, 19, and 2021. She said the city has sought funds for strong pumps to respond. 
Muller said communities, especially in Illinois, are facing similar threats due to the Wild Lake. She recommended education and advocacy for those who are concerned. The League of Women Voters Great Lakes Region's website has more information and resources. The Great Lakes shipping season will begin next Saturday when the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers reopens the Polock. Sulox Operations Manager Leanne Rikigum tells us the locks closed January 16th for 10 weeks of heavy maintenance. The Sulox and Sault Ste. Marie enable ships to travel between Lake Superior and the lower Great Lakes. Essentially, it saves more than $3.9 billion per year in freight costs compared to that same tonnage being transited by rail or truck. Each 1,000-foot ship can carry the equivalent of 700 car trains or 3,000 trucks. Rikigam says 7,000 vessels with 75 million tons of cargo pass through the locks each year. When the Pollock reopens next Saturday, spectators are expected to come and welcome through the first vessel of the season. Our park is open at that time from 11 to 1 a.m. that night for a lot of people that like to be here and be present for the opening. So it is a local event and does get quite a bit of attention and participation. The Pollock is the larger of the two locks needed for the biggest freighters to travel from Lake Superior to the lower lakes. The MacArthur Lock is the smaller of the two and we will reopen in April. Can we expect to see vessels from the locks pass through St. Joseph? St. Joe Harbormaster Michael Moran tells us it's actually not likely. He says in recent years, all of our material in the Twin Cities comes from the lower lakes, which are Lakes Michigan, Huron, and Erie. He says, quote, we don't need to have the locks open. Those big vessels with iron ore usually skip St. Joe, except in bad weather, and head straight for Indiana. Still, Moran says he looks forward to the start of another shipping season. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has approved a contract with a construction project management firm as the county improves its facilities with federal ARPA funds. County Administrator Brian DeSette previously told commissioners the current building and ground staff needs extra help. The board voted to pay Baki Orochi Construction Services out of Berrien Springs $32,000 to help manage ongoing projects. The arrangement is for up to six weeks. The firm will provide construction management services, bid specification development services, and general maintenance oversight. In all, the county has allocated more than $15 million in federal ARPA funds for improvements to facilities. And the Lions and Lioness Clubs of Southwest Michigan are now signing up counselors for Camp Leo, an overnight summer camp experience for kids ages 10 through 17 with developmental disabilities who live in Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties. The Lions Club says they're looking for adult camp counselors as well as high school students to serve as junior counselors. Volunteers are also welcome. Camp Director Beth Helm says working there is a, quote, magical and transformative experience, adding students who wouldn't typically be able to take part in a traditional summer camp have the opportunity to enjoy a four-day overnight camp experience thanks to the Lions and Lioness Clubs of Southwest Michigan. Interested applicants for one-week summer positions should apply online at CampLeoSWMI.com. Counselors should have experience working with children with disabilities and will be subject to background checks. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. The International Criminal Court in The Hague has issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin and other Russians for war crimes. More from ABC's Tom Rivers at the Foreign Desk. The specific allegations center on alleged involvement in the deportation of children from the eastern Ukraine war zone. 
ICC President Piotr Hofminski says... The judges have reviewed the information and evidence submitted by the prosecutor and determined that there are credible allegations against these persons for the alleged crimes. The ICC, however, has no police force of its own to enforce the warrants, and Russia, like the U.S., refuses to hand over its citizens to the court. Tom Rivers, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. It's a time of protest in Paris and much of France, where opponents hope to bring down the government of President Emmanuel Macron. They're blocking the streets over his decision to force a pension system change through Parliament without a vote. Raising the retirement age from 62 to 64 is wildly unpopular. Macron's opponents filed motions today that will trigger no-confidence votes next week. Meanwhile, traffic is snarled, campuses are blocked, and sanitation workers are keeping foul-smelling rubbish from reaching Europe's largest incineration site. Unions want people to leave schools, factories, and refineries and other workplaces until Macron withdraws the bill. There's a potential trip planned for next week, with President Xi of China heading to Moscow. Russia says it's a show of support for Vladimir Putin, with the Chinese saying they're just trying to provide conditions for peace talks with Ukraine. More from ABC's Karen Travers. The White House says it hopes that China's President Xi will also reach out to Ukrainian President Zelensky to balance the Chinese perspective, with Xi set to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin next week. National Security Spokesman John Kirby expressed U.S. opposition to China's call for a ceasefire, telling reporters Friday the Biden administration is concerned by any proposals from China that would be, quote, one-sided and reflect only the Russian perspective. Kirby said China's proposed peace plan outlining a ceasefire is, quote, effectively a ratification of Russian conquest. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The mystery of the origins of COVID now has some new clues. International scientists have found raccoon dog DNA commingled with the virus and previously unavailable genetic data. It came from samples collected in early 2020 at a seafood market in Wuhan, China, shortly after the first human cases were detected in the city. It could mean the pandemic originated from animals, not one of the labs near the market. But their analysis has not been reviewed for publication, and other scientists say how the virus began sickening people remains to be determined. Artificial intelligence is on the rise, and U.S. lawmakers are considering the possible need for new laws to regulate it. But many lawmakers are still trying to understand what the technology even is. Here's ABC's Jay O'Brien. The video game designer turned representative Jay Oberdolte finds himself explaining what AI is to his fellow lawmakers. Have you ever had a constituent come up to you and say, Congressman, I'm worried about losing my job to AI? Yes. And what do you say to them? I say, uh, yes, I'm worried about that, too. But AI, he says, has significant life-changing benefits, too, like streamlining a patient's diagnosis in medicine. Obernolte warns not enough is known yet about how exactly AI will change our lives. Besieged Republican Congressman George Santos is carrying on in Congress despite calls for him to resign after he admitted to making up many aspects of his life story. He faces the crushes of investigations, but he's writing his story in real time, delivering speeches, dashing through the halls of the U.S. Capitol, business as usual. It's an unusual up-is-down approach that would have been almost unthinkable a generation earlier, but it's one that signals the new norms taking hold amid the deepening of a post-truth era in Congress. Pressed about it all, Santos declared, quote, truth still matters very much. Following up on his call earlier this week for Congress to take action to prevent bank failures like what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, 
President Biden today outlined what he wants to see lawmakers do. President Biden is calling on Congress to impose tougher penalties on senior bank executives whose mismanagement led to failures like the ones at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. The president writing in a statement, quote, no one is above the law. Mr. Biden's asking lawmakers to do three things. Expand the FDIC's authority to claw back compensation, including gains from stock sales from executives at failed banks. Strengthen the FDIC's authority to bar executives from holding jobs in the banking industry when their banks enter receivership and expand the FDIC's authority to bring fines against executives of failed banks. It's ABC's Karen Travers. And the return of the St. Patrick's Day Parade was today in New York City. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. The New York City Fire Department's Emerald Society providing part of the soundtrack for the 262nd St. Patrick's Day Parade now marching up Fifth Avenue. The crowds are 10, 20 deep along the sidewalk. There are no longer any COVID-related restrictions to the parade for the first time in several years. And you can see on the faces of those who are here how excited they are to be celebrating what it means to be Irish in America. Aaron Katursky, ABC News at the St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.